Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I feel a little bit like a dad who's come home after his kids have had a house party. The house is a mess, and I'm very, very disappointed. What's up, ding-dongs? Masood here from Mystery on the Rocks. Uh... A little heads up on this episode. Apologies for the sound quality. It's not up to our usual standard. Unfortunately, the recording space was a little echoey. So we've tried to clean up as best we can. For that, I apologize. Number two, I'm not in this episode. So it's a big apology. I'm sorry. I know usually you, you come for Susan Chris, but you stay for Masood. And I'm not there. So you got to stay for those two. And for that, hmm. I'm very sorry. Mystery on the rocks, oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Hi everybody, I'm Masood of Mystery on the Rocks. Welcome to the show. Fetch me a drink, I love those. I'll make it. Um, Yes, if you're wondering why Masood isn't here, the reason is he is moving house. Um, And I know that he's not been here a lot and it does sound like an excuse and that maybe we've killed him, but I promise he is uh, moving house to two streets over from where he actually lives. So you've got more of a chance to find him now. I feel like... The listeners might be suspecting that it's a little bit like a parent splitting up sort of thing. Yeah. And we haven't, we can't break the news to them yet. Masood's gone to live in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's just moving house. But we are Mr. on the Rocks. I'm Suze Kempner. That's Chris yeah. off of Mr. on the Rocks. And we're joined today by a guest. Hello. Oh, hi. Hey, oh. welcome to the bar. We don't do that anymore. Uh, oh, is that, that hey? Could that possibly be? We're not be... pretending to be a bar anymore. No, no not, not since about the fifteenth episode. Oh, I don't think. No. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah well, let's I've, do that. I already feel really bad because, like, Masood is obviously dead. And, uh, the listeners are going to be furious about me being brought in to replace him. This is, this is horrible. The anti-Masood. Well, I mean, you're the one that's brought. Yeah, I'm the up, opposite so. of Masood. Uh, I can't. Can I do what are Masood's catchphrases? Oh, um, dead as hell. Dead as hell. Dead as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I forgot that someone in your household does like this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I've I mean, listened to, I have listened to it. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm sort of forced to. <laughs> I've seen a lot of your live streams. Yeah, sure. Okay. I can probably yes. do most of Masood's Competition 5 from, oh. like, when we were new at Stand Up. Okay. Like Echo Falls. Are we all familiar with this top of the bottom shelf line? <laughs> That's... That doesn't blow my mind. That's such a good so, one. You've never heard him do that, though. Like, back in the Echo, day, back in the day, we used to do that. He did Echo we Falls material. Echo Falls. <laughs> Echo, Echo, I can't always get it. Echo Falls. Echo Falls. I think you nailed him there, because I was like, I've never heard him do that, but it sounds like Masood. <laughs> yes, like that, that is how he would say Echo Falls, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. 
nailed it. Um, so hell. yeah, consider me a substitute, Masood. Yeah, for, well, for maybe forever. Time. Now that I was going to say, I think he's very healthy. Very healthy. Now, that, now that you brought it up, do you want the job? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you, of course, are famous on the internet, which is a, a blessing, never a curse. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, Suze, if you're um, if you're a middle class white guy, it's fine. <laughs> Because I talk to you and Rosie and you're like, what a nightmare it is. And I'm like, yeah, it's all right, actually. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm not verified on Twitter, but I have a decent number of followers. Maybe the twi the tick makes a difference you to how much abuse you get. It does annoy people. Well, right? going now, so. Yeah, from April 1st, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't have it anymore. Even the people that pay for it can choose not to display yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, because they know how embarrassing it's going to be. I know. And yeah. what I like about that is um, people will assume that I ha had a tick. Oh, yeah. After yes. that happens, they'll be like, oh, you've got a fair number of followers. You probably had one. I'll be like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally did. <laughs> Two blue ticks. Oh, in the good old days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were giving me, they were throwing them at me. Yes. And, of course, you're also a star of the screen. Which, which screen? The little one. The, small, <laughs> the very small screen. No, TV's are massive now. TV is the new cinema. Yeah. yeah, they are. You've seen the people on benefits and the size of their tellies. <laughs> yeah. I was reading the Daily Mail. They're enormous. People I want people on benefits to have very small tellies very for some small reason. black and white TVs yeah. uh, made by Logic with a K. If it isn't Academy <laughs> Aspect, if it isn't 4-3, I'm going to kick off, Suze. Yeah. Shall we say what we're drinking? Oh, yeah. Chris has made um, a drink. Uh, so, because our um, uh, guest uh, does not drink. Sorry. Mm. No, 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 yeah, no, that's fine, actually. You're a nerd. I don't even <laughs> drink Echo Falls. Uh, uh, <laughs> not even Echo Falls. We've had a few guests that do not drink, mm. but this is a really big issue with not having had guests for a really long time, mm. which is that we've just been drinking too much. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, um, no, this is, this, is, this is good. So, what this is, and normally Masood would have been able to make a delicious, amazing... Uh, a non-alcoholic cocktail because he knows what they all are. I made it up out of um, apple cider vinegar that's got chilli pepper, turmeric and ginger mm. in it, lemon juice and then ginger ale. Um, but you've got... Uh, I Yeah, as a, I'm not a ginger ale beer. drinker, so I've got a raspberry fizz. What is it? Dash water. Yeah, it's like raspberry infused. Sounds like what I'd call piss. Infused with wonky raspberries. Oh... Well, it's very nice, Chris. Thank you. Oh, that's all right. It's delicious, yeah, yes. Yeah, really good. But it needs really a name. It needs a name. There's no name for it. Mm. The reason I use vinegar is because I was like, that should give it a kick. It's got vinegar in it. Yeah. I, I know you just said that. Yeah, but yeah, apple cider vinegar. But it's oh. uh, apple cider vinegar that's got chilli, pepper, turmeric and ginger in it. It's very good. Um, yeah. I can smell the vinegar now that you yeah. say. Well, it's because... Do you remember when um, Gareth came on? Yeah. And Masood made a non-alcoholic cocktail and Gareth was really impressed because normally it's literally just juice. Yeah. It's basically the, the, the alcoholic cocktail just without the alcohol. Yeah. Um, but he made it like with a shrub or something. Yeah, and it had pepper in it, yeah. I think, like black pepper. And uh, a shrub is made with vinegar, so I was like, well, mm. that might work. Ah, so yeah. that gives it a little zing. A zing, it's yeah. Easy. A zing. So it feels like you're drinking a cocktail without it obviously being alcoholic. Um, what would you like to call it? I don't know, because I'm ginger. ABK. And it's got <laughs> ginger in it. I yes. think, like, was it, was this really. It's quite offensive. Was this offensive? It's really <laughs> Chris, that's yeah. such a disgusting thing to do. <laughs> but I feel like it's got to be something in that there's area. Nothing, there's nothing anti-Semitic about raspberries, though. <laughs> Hang on, let me find something. <laughs> Wonky raspberries, I see. <laughs> mm. That's very good. And it means that I won't drink till I'm... Um, okay. Absolutely obnoxious, like normally. 
Well, <laughs> the listeners are going to hate this. Yeah. Sue's not here, and you're Sue's, both sober. Sue's is on the chair the whole way through. <laughs> the, the this is awful. The listeners have just had to sit through a year and a half of us talking about the geopolitics of the 20th century. Mm. They've got some actual messages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. That, uh, I just kept reminiscing fondly about how much I used to love Gorbachev when I was a child, <laughs> which is true. Yeah. He'd come on the TV you and I'd be like, like yay! Yeah, when I was about four or five. Like cats when a bird goes on the yeah. screen. <laughs> yeah. My mum would go, oh, look, there he is. I used to say, Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also my mum used to be like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was 18 months old, I walked into someone's house pointed and went, radiator. (laughs) 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 Mum's friends were like, oh! I um, my my mum my mum's friend was was creeped out by me. (laughs) Because I I used to have loads of toy cars, but um, I never used to play with them. Uh, I just to, used to just put them in a traffic jam. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but colour colour coordinated, so like all of the all of the cars were in a traffic jam, but the red ones were there, the blue ones. They're like, hey, look, Chris has made a traffic jam, and it cuts to you just going, beep beep, fuck you. <laughs> um, so I, I get the sense that you're trying to draw us to. No, no, the no, 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 no. I mean, the, the, we we will chat very loosely. This will come up. <laughs> and then we will get on to it. Lovely. I don't really... Um... Yeah, what's the mystery today, Chris? Well, uh, we are, we're joined by a now bona fide mystery writer. Oh, yes, of course. The first, oh, yeah. first for the podcast. Yeah. How do you feel about that, by the way, as a lover of mysteries, now that you've actually... A published mystery writer. I, I was con- yeah. So I've written a children's murder mystery, and I was when you said that, I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Who is this?" I was looking around to see is someone coming out from behind a curtain. Oh, it's me. Yeah, we're um, thrilled to introduce you to Agatha Christie. <laughs> She looks um, terrible. <laughs> I, no, it's uh, it's really it's you know when you aren't a comedian and you go like uh, that, I hate that comedian. You know they're so bad yeah. and lazy and that comedy is so lazy. And then you start doing comedy and then maybe you gig with them and you're like actually they're quite good. Yes. Uh, I just don't like this. But they're not lazy because they're working really hard. And look how many people they're making laugh. People love it. It's annoying. <laughs> But yeah. you you, uh, you have to sort of have a, um, it changes my perspective on it completely, and you have mm. to have a respect for the ability to make people laugh, because that's what the job is. Yes. And yeah. similarly, going from being like a, a murder mystery nerd to trying yeah. to write one and being like, no, actually, maybe some of these quirks of, and um, tricks and tropes are fine, because I need to finish this. Yeah. And suddenly going like, oh, I hope I'm not held to the standard I have been holding everything to. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, all of these years. shorthand and stuff. Kids murder mysteries, while people people without kids might not know, it is an established subgenre by now. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's there's several very successful um, oh, franchises in in the subgenre of children's uh, whodunit, ah. uh, and they, and they they tend to be sort of fair play whodunits. You know, they follow the in yeah. the in the Agatha Christie mold. They're yeah. not they're not sort of general spy mysteries where you don't get the clues until the end. They you know they play fair. Yeah, um, and uh, it's. One of the still though, I think one of the nice things about doing it for kids is I get to and um, to be more clear because it's humorous. Mm. I get to um, just put a lampshade on the tropes, so I get to I get to just say, and this is what happens in mystery books, and sort of take the Mickey, but then also just do it without so without having to subvert it at all. Just 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 in the books that um, there's going to be several of them now. So I'm just going to, I'm trying to just go through the places where a mystery would happen. So the second one takes place on a small island, and then the next one will take place in a country house. Uh, sort of knowingly and deliberately doing the tropes 
Yeah, which, which which means you can get a few gags at the well. This is just how the genre works, but also you get to just uh, just do the conventions without having to try and reinvent everything. Like you say, avoid the so what have we got yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess that as well. You've um, been planning to write these all your life, <laughs> so it's, uh, that which, which which is which is good because you love those most like. All of the good stuff. You'd think it would make it easier, but honestly, I'm, I'm a few pages from the. I'm just at the middle of the um, the final drafting stage of the second book, and gosh, it's nightmarish. Writing oh, doesn't really? get easier at any point. I just hate every minute of writing. That's why I'm here instead of. Oh. I hope you're grateful, kids. Yeah. <laughs> This one, Mystery. this, yeah, 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 is uh, you, something you, you may be aware of, I don't know. It's a man called Charles Walton. And no, it's he, not ringing any bells. He was murdered in uh, 1945 on Valentine's Day, actually. Ah, oh, uh, romantic. Uh, <laughs> in, um, Got anything planned, Charles? <laughs> in, uh, in, in Warwickshire. Um, but the reason that while the um, murder is unsolved, uh, there is also uh, an element, because some people think that he was murdered by witchcraft. Oh, Ooh, fancy. So does that count for... Is that sort of the sort of thing you'd cover on law then? Well, we, it's not folk so if you, don't, if you don't know, listener, I, I do a podcast with James Shakeshaft called Law Men. L-O-R-E, men, it's wordplay. Um, but we do local legends. And we very occasionally do murders, but right. usually we don't. We're not, we're not true crime. No, we occasionally, no, no. especially right. when we go to America, because so much, so much of their local legends are tied into killings. But in general, we don't do, yeah. don't do, do true crime. Oh, we'll do a cryptid now and again, yeah. yes. We've uh, done the, the scum cape of Florida. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before you got here that we haven't done a single cryptid. We haven't yeah. yet. never done a single no, cryptid. No, no, no. And it's, it's weird because we don't... I don't think we're true crime necessarily because of the weird stuff we do, but yeah, we should do some cryptids. Just to dilute the crime. Um, we had Francisco Gonzalez, the um, game developer, on mm-hmm. to talk about um, the Scum Cape of Florida. Ah. And if you, there's a brilliant brochure for what you need if you're going to tackle the Scum Cape. And it says, right, you're going to need a large bucket of lima beans <laughs> and a stepladder. And you're like, I don't, need, I don't need any more information. I'm in. I think the stepladder is for finding your way in the... In the sort of oh, boggy okay. flatland, so, so to, you climb up yeah, it. you climb up and have a look. Yeah, and that, okay. And that extra three feet is going to yeah. make all the difference. And I think the lima beans are for in case that you, in case of skunk ape attack, which sure, which to date has never occurred because they don't exist. No, because it's yeah. But, but I'm so pleased to know there's a couple of guys in sort of peaked caps with a staplander in one and a massive bucket of lima beans in the other, just in case. <laughs> So you don't know why the lima beans? Well, I think I think he, he that's what he likes. He yeah, but you think oh, so you might think like a dog with a stick. I probably would have taken like a KFC or something meaty. Yeah. I would have thought. What do I mean? I don't think I've ever seen a skunk eat a lima bean. I don't know what the they eat. I've never seen a skunk. No, that's true. I don't know what they eat. I just know that they make a stink if they don't like you. Mm. Yeah, and isn't it a territory thing as well? Uh, they, like spray spray their stink around. Cats do that. Have you ever seen a tomcat do that? It's gross. Mm. Yeah, yeah, my dad. He used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to go in other people's houses. Spray, spray his urine. I point out the radiator. <laughs> <laughs> dad, are you leaving your musk around again? 
<laughs> no, there was a cat that turned up in our back garden and he let yeah. it into the kitchen. Oh, and it skunked Yeah, around. just straight away. <laughs> straight away. Oh. Um, so Charles was 74 years old at the time. Uh, he was born in 1870. He was a bit of a loner, but didn't mean that people hated him. Okay. So it was still a surprise when he showed up. And also he was impaled on a pitchfork. Oh, my God. Oh, that's ringing a bell. All oh, right. I think I might have thought, yes. I, now that you've mentioned the key detail yeah. of being about a pitchfork, uh, I think I have heard of it. I, I, I threw that in. I was going to like, uh, talk a, a bit about him and then say how he ended up dead, but mm. I'm glad I did that now. If it's, if it's, if it's a welcome sort of thing, then um, uh, he, uh, he was a widower and he lived with uh, his 33-year-old niece who he'd adopted 30 years previously when her mother had died. Okay. And, uh, he, and he's going, move out. He left home. On the on Valentine's Day, uh, nineteen forty-five, uh, with a pitchfork and a slash hook, oh. uh, which is sometimes known as a bill hook. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, a bill hook or a pruning knife. <laughs> I'll show you a picture of it, Alistair. Okay, it's like one of them. Oh, oh it's nasty. It's 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 it's, 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 like, it's like a big knife with it's loads of teeth in it. Toven. Okay. Oh, this that's for very um, uh, unruly undergrowth. Yeah, so if you were mm. slashing through. Yeah, no, okay. uh, he walked with a cane as well. Right. Uh, so, was he carrying the pitchfork and Bill Hook in one hand? Yeah, I guess he must have been. Together, and a cane mm. in the other hand. Yeah. Or was he using the pitchfork uh, as a rudimentary cane? It just says that he walked with a cane uh, because he had rheumatism. Okay. He left uh, early in the morning and he was seen passing through the churchyard between 9 and 9.30 a.m. and he was slashing hedges as he was going. Mm-hmm. He was found near a hedgerow He'd been beaten over the head. He had his own stick with him. He'd been beaten over the head with that stick. Uh, and he had his neck cut open with the slash hook. Oh, my God. Uh, and the prongs of the pitchfork had been driven into either side of his neck and he was pinned to the ground. That oh, horrendous. It's like if you own a handgun, you're more likely to be injured. <laughs> if you go out with a stick, a billhook, and a pitchfork, and a pitchfork. Yeah, you're actually more likely to be attacked with those three items <laughs> simultaneously. Yeah. I mean, after this, they, they, they did look at pitchfork control uh, uh, in Warwickshire. Pitchforks don't pitchfork people. In the, in the yeah. 1940s. <laughs> The, all of the implements were obviously found nearby. So while he'd been slashed with the uh, the, the slash hook, uh, that was still there. The stick was still there, and obviously the pitchfork was still there because it was through his neck and into the ground. Sure. But it was both sides. It'd been done both sides, and then obviously left in the second one. Oof. Right. Ooh. That is a way. It does seem to be uh, unprovoked. Right. How would you be able to tell if it were provoked from his body? That's true. Like if he'd said, Oi, but you can't stick this pitchfork in me, <laughs> we wouldn't have a record of that. I, I, I he was seen walking alone, and while he was a bit of a loner, he wasn't apparently. They he didn't have a list of yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Okay, he wasn't yeah. always spoiling for a fight. I, mean. right. I see, I see. No, I did, just to be clear, I, I think he's the victim here. <laughs> I didn't mean to say, no, like, he, no, he, he might have been asking for it. What was he wearing? Um, so, uh, Edith is his niece. Live with him. Yeah. She came home at 6 pm, found that he wasn't there, mm. but obviously he'd gone there and he'd left sort of like just before nine o'clock in the morning. Um, but it didn't mean that she was worried about him because he was a bit of a loner. Mm. And then she went to see her neighbour, uh, a man named Harry Beasley, uh, and then they went to the Furs, which was a farm. And the manager of the farm was a man named um, Alfred Potter because they were like, I suppose you've seen Charles, have you? And then he said that he'd seen him earlier in the day 
going about with his flashing, flashing under, yeah, yeah. waving his pitchfork and walking. So then, all three of them went out to look for him. Yeah, and that's where they found him. So she found him, his niece and oh. her neighbour Harry and the man Oh, so she was there. That's horrible. Yeah, no, yeah. That's a shame. yeah. I was hoping it would be a local Bobby who's yeah. seen enough. Hey, Cab. So well, they, they they got the police straight away, but obviously Edith was like distraught. And then Potter, the manager of the farm, he um, stood guard over the murder scene until the police arrived. And the first policeman on the scene was a man named Michael James Lamazny, and he didn't get there until 7.05pm. So he'd been there all day. Right. Yeah, and it was on a fairly open bit of... Yeah. Not road, <clears throat> not road as we'd know it. It was the 40s. It's not like a... Not like, no, it was just a was stream it? of filth and effort, <laughs> wasn't it? People going down there with driving their sheep and their cattle <laughs> on the back of those big wooden caravans, you see. He was kind of guest under a bit of a hedgerow. Yeah. So maybe, okay. like... People... I still think, like, you'd spot him. Yeah. What's that hedgehog yeah. sticking out of? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this is like that film The Happening when the plants... Take oh, that's take there's, there's a brilliant Arthur Macken story which I've just ruined the ending of, <laughs> <laughs> by saying that it connects to that film. Oh. But it's, if you if you if you could imagine a version of that film which isn't dreadful, <laughs> yeah. it's the Arthur Macken short story that is not credited but surely is the inspiration for it because it's the same premise. And he they were like he was like oh. Don't worry about crediting. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 go, you go ahead, um, set yourself away. Um, in that story, um, it's the south southwest coast, and people keep dying alone and unexplained uh, in unexplained circumstances on hillsides with with no possible cause of death. And um, someone from London is brought in. I think they think the Germans, it's set during the war and written okay. during the war, had discovered some kind of radio weapon. So that's what, what their, their worry, the fear is that. The enemy has some kind of weapon and is doing this, but of course right. it's something far more folkloric and uh, right. deep, but also kind of ridiculous, which is the same problem that the happening has. When yeah. It's like a bee did it. Yeah. It's yeah. like there's only so there's only so much drama you can get out of. It was wasps. I like in the happening as well, isn't it? Like, and then one day it just stopped. <laughs> and like, oh. Which I think it's going for the um, H.G. Wells War of the Worlds, and then they all just died thing, except, right. yeah. It's not as good, is it? No. I really like M. Night Shyamalan's films, and I will not hear a word. I, 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 I think, think he's the all right. Is brilliant. I liked The Village! Me, you, and Joe Wells loved The Village. <laughs> I liked Lady in the Water. I haven't gone back to check whether <laughs> I was right, but I liked it at the time. It's a swing. At least he's taking I've only, I've only seen Sixth Sense Unbreakable okay. signs. Uh, I, did yeah. I did see the happening. I did see the happening. What about uh, what about the beach that makes you old? I didn't see that. Oh! Honestly, it's hilarious. It makes no sense. <laughs> it, do it doesn't work at all. No. But it's it's. Um, How quickly does it age you? Uh, you need one year per hour, is that right? So, quite very fast. No, it's longer than that. It's like ten years per hour. But I was gonna, I was going to do a bit. So I was booked to go on um, ACMS, and I was going to send my mum on stage and have a microphone <laughs> saying, "Oh no, I'm, I'm Suze Kempner, and I've Your been to it, the beach too. that's where everyone gets old." And I asked her if she'd do it, and she went. Okay then, and then um, it, the gig got cancelled. It was when it was when we'd come out of lockdown, but gigs were still getting cancelled. Do you oh, remember yeah, that first yeah, yeah. winter? Like that would have been a good bit, but it's too long. It's been too long now. It's it's yeah. one of those films that suffers. I think like the extremely successful and not in any way comparable Gone Girl. Because I think both of them are in, are essentially comedies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gone Girl is a comedy. Yeah. And, and Fincher has said this in interviews. And it, I, 
the people in the, the cinema were not happy about how much I was laughing. <laughs> it, it's deliberately funny, but it, it should have... Both of them needed that sort of Doctor Strangelove moment where they go like, all oh, right, this is a proper comedy. Yeah. We, we lean into this completely. Yeah, and, gotcha. And, and we do this as a comedy rather than... We don't quite. We want to get the people who, who like this uncritically to come sure. along with us, and so we don't put any proper gags in. But we do because the script for the beach has some good jokes. Like it's it's yeah. it's deliberately camp and funny. Like you can't say uh, Peter Bradshaw and the Guardian gave it five stars, which is a sign yeah. that you should not watch it. In my experience of Peter Bradshaw's reviews, but Bradshaw saw it as a deliberately camp and ironic um, okay. story with a twist in the tale, which I think it is. Probably, it's just yeah. not as good as it could be. I see. Right. Right. Mm. <laughs> Pitchfork. Right. <laughs> Pitchfork, Pitchfork in the neck. Yeah. So it turns out that um, uh, Walter and Charles had been uh, sort of semi-employed by Potter mm. from the farm to cut hedges, mm-hmm. which is what he was doing. And that's what Potter told the police. I think that the detective inspector's got a great name uh, that investigated this. Detective Inspector Toombs. Hey. But not spelled like Eugene Toombs. So we can't get through small gaps. No. Spell like spell spell the like the an actual tomb. Really? Yeah. That's even better. Yeah, that's quite spooky. Mm. Halloween name. Yeah. Uh, so they obviously he's from um, the Warwick, the West Big Midlands, city. West Midlands uh, uh, constabulary, uh, and it was decided that they would actually get assistance from uh, the Met. Okay. Uh, because they were like, well. This is quite big. <laughs> uh, the Deputy Chief Constable of Warwickshire said, this is a quote when they were asking for help from Scotland Yard, uh, the deceased is a man named Charles Walton, age 75, uh, and he was killed with an instrument known as a slash hook. The murderer was either, the murder was either committed by a madman <laughs> or one of the Italian prisoners who were in a camp nearby. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> A madman or an Italian. Yeah, either, either Italian one of those two. I suppose the war wasn't over. Yeah, it's a bit jello, like yeah. the nature of the murder. It's quite, it is yeah. quite and bloody. So it's <laughs> perfectly <laughs> reasonable to have suspected an Italian. I mean, especially yeah. they're, they're, they're like from the West Midlands in the 40s. I'm not... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know a lot about murder, but I'm pretty confident Italian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in the same memo, they ask for an Italian interpreter. Oh, um, just just in case. Yeah, just in case. Right. Um, and they reckon that he was uh, Doctor Webster, who's in the forensics, thinks that he was killed between one and two p.m. Okay. Based on how much hedge had been cut and how long it would have taken to. Have so someone did it because they were hangry. <laughs> <laughs> That was a that was like that was a good PG joke yeah. for a podcast about true crime, wasn't it? This is the I don't normally do those. So it's like we're hungry and then we all laugh and everyone who sees the clip is like, I'm never watching this shit. Yeah. Fuck you. So tame. Uh, but why were then the uh, accusations of witchcraft? Right. Well, are you asking? <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm, I'm, was I'm, a dog seen running? I feel like I'm remembering details. Was a black dog seen running across the moors, or is that a different rural this, murder? That, no, but, no, no, um, I remember yes, there was a black dog. dog. There was a black dog. Oh, yes, yes. one to ABK. Yeah. Take that, Suze. You <laughs> How do you, um, is this is this podcast competitive? Yeah, well, it can be. It can be. be yeah, actually. Let's, yeah. let, well, this is the new season, so let's do a new mm. format. It's a panel show. Uh, At the end, are, there's a winner. Uh, yes. Masood, you've already lost. You're not. Here. <laughs> Zero to Masood. Um. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, what do you know of the phantom? I mean, I've really... Ex- Does this count as a cryptid? If there's a dog involved, maybe, surely. Maybe. <laughs> if the dog has any supernatural powers. Phantom. If we're talking um, Baskerville-style mm. eyes, I, that is the limit of my memory. With my podcast, I, I have a special skill, which is completely forgetting everything that happened in the episode <laughs> immediately after the edit's finished. I do that with ours, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Which is why the same anecdotes come up again and again. <laughs> I cannot remember them. So I've got a, I've got a visual memory and I remember seeing a dog. Okay. okay. So have you done this? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I might just have heard about it. I think we might have. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't mean to do that then. It's, like, it's not like you're a guest on this episode, so let's do one he's done. <laughs> no, no, I've got, I, it's the, the Patreons decide. They, uh, yeah, the Patreons they, decide. You, yes. You're in the pocket of big paymaster. Big Patreon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, do, you just, you just <laughs> dance to their tune. The, yeah. the men. Uh, yeah. uh, the phantom black dog is yes why some people uh, there's a couple of reasons why they think there was witchcraft that's one of them uh, which I'll go into a dog in the countryside I'm going to be saying exactly the same things I've said in Lawman when we talk about this there's um, two pieces of local history that have made people think that this was a weirdy sort of witchcrafty thing but um, I think to say witchcraft is to imply the, pres- the presence of witches Yes. You can have a supernatural murder and it can be like a, a, a ghostly apparition stabbed him. Mm-hmm. That's nothing to do with witchcraft, really. Mm-hmm. I've always been fascinated by why they thought it was witches. Right. There was a, there was a guy called um, uh, Fabian and he wrote uh, a couple of reports on the case. Mm-hmm. 25 years later, and not one of them mentioned witchcraft, but then 25 years later he wrote that I advise anybody who is tempted at any time to venture into black magic, witchcraft, shamanism, call it what you will, to remember Charles Walton and to think of his death which was clearly the ghastly climax of a pagan rite. Oh, oh, clearly. But he said clearly. There is no stronger argument for keeping as far away as possible from the villains with their swords, incense and mumbo-jumbo. It is prudence what? on which your future peace of mind and even your life could depend. God, he's rude, isn't he? Incense as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. Incense feels like a, a, a... It's not a 
It's not that bad, is it? On the, <laughs> the scales of evil. Incense, yeah. Incense, that thing that right. smells nice in a, like, I always remember my mum's friend's son, who was like 21 when I was about nine, he always had incense burning in his room, and I used to think, what a cool thing <laughs> to just burn a nice smell in your room. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes me think of, like, Kathmandu, the shop that sold ethnic trousers yeah. and incense uh, in Newcastle when oh. I was a kid, and all the, te- all the hippie teens would hang out on the green, and you'd go to Kathmandu. <laughs> And you could get yourself. It was called Katmandu. It was called Katmandu, and you could get yourself some enormous trousers. Sure. Let's get enormous trousers and burn incense. There there was one in, uh, because I went to Bournemouth University, and there was one in Bournemouth called Lemon Free, and you'd Mm. go in there for sort of vaguely ethnic tops. Yeah, yeah, that that was the thing. We've got a drawer in the house that smells like one of those shops. <laughs> it's, 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 it's where all of the nag shampoo sticks are. I see, I see. And it's under our it's under our drinks cabinet. So every time I go to get a bottle of whiskey, out, yeah, I just get a nice I, yeah, it's like I'm in Glastonbury. Yeah. I mean, I, I admit, except there is something slightly rich about me coming on the podcast and like, no, it annoys me, bloody hippies. <laughs> These hippies with their slightly different dietary requirements to me. <laughs> and, and I also enjoy incense now and again, but not in a fucking yeah, hippie way. Not, yeah, in a cool way. Bloody like, hippies. Like Chris from the 90s, who, uh, who was my mum's friend's son. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we, 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 we burn the stick of Nagshampa, and then I, I get a little bit sort of like, I'm like, well, I hope that smell has dissipated by the time that the engineer comes around. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to do yeah. like a fucking arsehole. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, BT engineer's going to be here soon. Yeah, I mean, you, you, <laughs> you <laughs> must, <laughs> the number of times I've had to put like oat milk on oh somebody's teeth. It's so embarrassing. Honestly, I'm going to have to just stop being vegan temporarily because of work. <laughs> no, I know, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm definitely going to say it again because I haven't told you. Um, I made, like, knowingly the worst cup of tea I've ever made to a, a workman that came round. Because he said, do you want a cup of tea? Hoping he'd say no. And he said yes. So I made him a cup of tea. Knowing it would have to be oat milk. But, but then I said, do you take sugar? And he went two. And we only had uh, muscovado sugar. We didn't have any crappy white sugar. We don't oh, have sugar in tea. I um, see. So it was like, we've got baking covered. So I, got, mm. like, I just gave him this sort of... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sense this is porridge. <laughs> Imagine though, if he was just like, Ooh. and it started a thing where you had to like, the muscovada sugar tea became a new big thing. Three weeks later, he comes and knocks on the door. He's like, I just wondered how you made that. I, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> I tried at home and it doesn't work. Yeah, me and my wife, we've done it a different way every time, but it never quite tastes the same. Uh, no, I, I reckon that cup of tea is still a story he tells. Like years later. I still don't know what was in it. <laughs> the thing though is, you look normal. Like you, like, I was them to get, when I offer them, um, yeah, a, a soy latte, they're like, yeah, of course. But you, it must be a surprise. They must think I am confident of a normal. Oh no, normal there, there have been quite a few people that have. Um, uh, slagged off vegans before they've realised. Yeah. Um, but I always delight in that. So this dog. So there's a dog. Oh, oh yeah, no, the oh, shit, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, basically, uh, the two two main things why people think that it was to do with witchcraft is because, first of all, there was a woman who was murdered in the, in the same way, in the same village, uh, called Anne Tennant, who was murdered because she was thought to be a witch. 
Yes. Well, she's single, and that was the reason. It <laughs> um, seems to be the She was murdered at the age of 80 in 1875. Oh, bloody hell, so she right. Was, uh, she was born in 1795. Yeah. Um, Why'd they murder her at uh, 80? Surely yeah, she was about to drop anyway. 80-year-old woman, 1875, yeah. leaving a house to go and buy a loaf of bread. Uh, she met some farm workers, and one of them was called James Hayward. Mm-hmm. And is it, I mean, this is a kind way of putting it, simple-minded. Okay, that's how you uh, describe uh, okay. Yeah, and it's then qualified by saying something akin to a village idiot. And right. I'm like, well, just leave it. <laughs> <So, laughs> and, and then he'd been. Uh, that was the 1890 <clears throat> politically correct word. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was uh, he was hammered uh, on cider, and he attacked her without warning with a pitchfork, oh, stabbing her in the legs and the <gasps> head. Oh, they love a pitchfork murder in this place. So, so then I, it seems a little bit unfair to turn that around and go, oh, it must have been witches, what did this? Yes, yeah, seeing as it This was... other person who was killed on suspicion of being yes. a witch. Some yeah. poor old he woman. He was found not guilty of murder on grounds of insanity, and he was spent, spent the rest of his life in Broadmoor Lunatic Asylum. Uh, oh. And then he died there in 1890 at the age of 59. But... Then people were linking it to the fact that Charles Walton had. That's one of them, uh, but it is also turns out to be a myth. So some people thought that she was murdered in exactly the same way. While she was, so it says here that she was pinned to the ground with a pitchfork and slashed with a bill hook. Right. Uh, but uh, she was actually attacked in front of people that saw it. Oh. And it was only that the fact that the pitchfork was used in both. Okay. Yeah, which is just because we're in the countryside. People were like, oh, it's murdered exactly the same way. Mm, That's right. one of them. The second one is that uh, in 1929, there was a book written called Folklore, Old Customs and Superstitions in Shakespeare Land. And it was written by a reverend called James Bloom, uh, who was the rector of Whitchurch in, in Warwickshire. And in 1885, a young playboy called Charles Walton had seen a phantom black dog on his way home. <sighs> Oh, uh. On the last occasion, he said that the dog had been accompanied by a headless woman. Oh. And then that that, that night, Charles, night and that night, Charles Walton learned that his sister had died. Oh. So this guy had that experience in his past. Yeah, and then oh. later on killed with a pitchfork. So oh. because they were like, oh my God, he saw the black phantom dog as a boy, and it's in this book. Um. They were like, oh, oh, and the antenna thing, that's yeah, two, that's I a trend. I see, I see. I like your impression of um, people. I don't know if you were aware you did that, and then people said, oh, it's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> you, gave, you gave people a very uncharitable oh, voice. Oh, sorry. L- no, no, they, they were wrong. No. It wasn't exactly listen, the same. Is there any people listening? <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the voice I give to like yeah. mad people, true crime brain people on Twitter, who are like, I think like, that poor woman who disappeared. Oh, in the river. so, I mean, we are that being somewhat insensitive about a yeah. real murder here. Yeah. But it, it isn't currently ongoing no, as an investigation. This is 18 years, years ago, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so like, She's a construct yeah. of AI. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Onto the high ground, the yeah. moral high ground. Yeah. And disapprove strongly of that. We're different with what we're doing. <laughs> uh, so there was uh, there were those two things, both of them slightly distorted. So Antenna yeah. wasn't murdered in exactly the same way. She was murdered with yeah. a pitchfork. And then the other one is is that um, Walton uh, was not the boy in the book. Oh! Oh bloody hell! Uh, but there's, there's, there's no real evidence, and also it doesn't kind of work date-wise. Uh, right. He was born in 1870, so he would have been 15, oh, yeah. so he was around <laughs> yeah. in 1885. 
but would his sister have died at the same time? Like his okay. sisters, Marianne and Martha Walton, were both, were both married in 1891 and they lived okay. for some years afterwards. Also, he didn't see a phantom dog and a headless woman. A hundred percent didn't see it. <laughs> that didn't happen, <laughs> um, So because of that, though, well, it's we've seen it before, like people then start getting carried away and then yeah. things get made up and they pass into the law. So, yeah. um, for example, it's claimed that locals believed that Charles Walton was a witch himself and that villagers feared his powers, which isn't true. Right. Uh, Maybe they feared him because he walked around carrying multiple weapons. <laughs> simultaneously. I mean, there is that, yeah. It says here that he cast the evil eye and that he kept natterjack to- toads as pets and used them to blast the crops and livestock of farmers. Sure, OK. That, yeah. You hold the toad in the middle and you pull the legs. That's how you, <laughs> and they go, that's how you blast the toad. Uh, but those are the reasons why there was the things about witchcraft. But obviously it's still an unsolved murder. Um, but... There was a prime suspect that I don't think ever got... And his name was Giuseppe... <laughs> what? What was his name? Uh, Alfred Potter, the manager of Alfredo. the farm. Alfredo. Ah, Alfred Potter. Okay. The manager of the farm. He was Only oh, okay. the, I'm not the guy who was helping us investigate. Like, I could never turn out to be the one who did yeah. it. <laughs> thinking like a mystery writer. What? That is exactly... Um, He's the, he was um, the last person we would suspect. He was 40 years old at the time. He waited at the scene for the police to arrive, if you remember. Yes. Uh, and there's, there's bullet points here that sort of like list why it could be. I see. Uh, his behaviour on the night of the murder uh, did not appear to be that of an innocent man. When the constable arrived at the, on the scene at 7.05, he, he was greeted by Potter and he seemed very upset, shivering and complained of being cold. That's not the behaviour of an innocent man, is it? No, I'm cold. <laughs> no, the warmth of innocence <laughs> keeps us all. But, but to be fair, I, I'm extremely. I know I was just saying it was him, but I'm extremely unpersuaded by the <laughs> According to the constable, he just read that as being like uh, he just appeared more worried than he'd expected to be. Mm. Sort of like was making out that he was cold. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't think this is true either. But they seem to think that because he was a farmer and used to slaughtering animals, he should be all right with a dead man. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, no, I'm sure also if he found one of his sheep, like, torn apart by uh, whatever, dogs or whatever, he'd still be like, ugh. It's slightly different. Yeah, farmers are humans. At the, yeah, moment, yeah. at the moment, this sounds like the constable wants to be a detective. <laughs> and right. he's sort of like looking at things that aren't necessarily there. Because he also he's, says... He's got a pipe. His complaint of feeling cold was strange for somebody who's used to attending animals at all hours in all kinds of weather. <laughs> well, he never complains yeah. it's cold when he has to go out in the rain. I wonder, is it, is it the case that, like, the unsolved murders become in our imaginations the, the witchcraft murders, the mm. magic murders? Or is it the, is it the, the murders that have the, the stank of mystery upon them are less likely to be solved? Because we're all like, let's find the so witch! Yeah, you know, gotcha. Is the, or is there a sort of a mutual I think relationship? You know what you said two? earlier about um, the sort of, like, a suggestion of the supernatural because the mysteries yes. are so... Oh, often, yes. Mm. And that's... From, I mean, that happens. I mean, that's why some people think that there are ghost stories, because things like locked room murders, when they happen in real life, it's much easier to then get excited and be like, what, what happened? Yeah. Maybe it was a ghost. Maybe it was a yeah. thing. So they do go hand in hand in impossible crime fiction for that reason. Mm. And also mm-hmm. it's cool to be like, to debunk the idea of a ghost. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's lovely when I, I love a bit of, ooh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, devil, yeah, yeah. but it better yeah. turn out not to have been the devil. Otherwise exactly. I'll be furious. In that yes. way, I, I like that they can crush genres in that way. Is that why you like mysteries? I, I, oh yeah. Well, I think like most of the, the most of the people who are into like new atheism, like, as I was, you know, the sort of the, the, the we took two paths. Uh, half of us decided to become massive Islamophobes, right? 
and, like anti-trans people, and the rest of us decided to just flip and tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there is, there is a for most people who are like obsessed with atheism around 2003. There's a huge desire for something magical to exist. You sure, know, I, I love magic. I like you know James Randi and those sorts of that, oh, uh, yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. You really want these things to exist, yeah. but like, well, just show me it. Yeah, I just absolutely. want to see it. Yeah. I just want to meet a goblin. That's all mm. I want. I just want to meet a goblin. I just want to meet a goblin. <laughs> Is that, Is that why you put one in your cupboard? Yes. <laughs> 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 oh. um, so there was one detail, which is that Potter had barely minded, had seen him earlier in the day. Potter mm-hmm. had seen him earlier in the day. Said that he'd seen him in his shirt sleeves, but when he was found, he was wearing a jacket. Interesting. Um, but uh, you can take your jacket off. Well, yeah. Um, uh, so that's, that's the beauty of So that statement was, uh, was, 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 was contradicted. Um, and then, a few days later, after, after the murder, Potter said that he would have gone over to see Charles on the 14th, like on the day of the murder earlier on. He would have gone to see him, were it not for the fact that he'd had a heifer in a ditch nearby that he needed to attend to. Right. A ditched heifer. Had to get the heifer sure. out of the ditch. And, uh, uh, he said he'd gone straight home, arriving there at 12.40, and then went to attend the heifer. Okay. Uh, however, the heifer was found to have drowned in Doomsday Ditch on the 13th Bloody of February hell. and wasn't removed from the first until 3.30 on Valentine's Day on the 14th, the day right. of the murder, almost three hours after Potter claimed to have gone to attend it. That's, so, that's pretty bad. So yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. way worse than he said he was cold. Yeah. yeah. yeah in terms of suspiciousness. Yeah. <laughs> so then, because that statement was contradicted, he contradicted himself on a statement he made on the 23rd of February that he'd gone home, read the paper, and then helped Charles Batchelor to pulp mangolds. What's <laughs> a mangold? So, aren't they like flowers? Mangold and he was pulping them. Yeah. Let's, let's Google what a mangold is. I know what a mangold is. Of, oh, it's like a salad leaf. Okay, and field beet. Yeah, okay. it seems to be saying a chard. Oh, for sugar beet, which you would feed animals. Yeah. Ah, um, okay, right. So he got to do that, but then obviously it was like, well, he, his stories are changing constantly. Yeah. I was doing farm stuff. Yeah. What? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> no one questions farm stuff. Mm. It's, it's a farm thing, you wouldn't understand. Got to get down those fields and pop some mangoes. Yeah. On the 20th of February, Potter also told, he said he'd mentioned to the police that he touched the murder weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did touch him. Oh, BT dubs. Uh, I did touch him. Uh, but he said this was because, this was because uh, Harry Beasley, do you remember the neighbour of the yeah. niece, who'd all, they'd all found the body together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that Harry Beasley had told him to. Uh, <laughs> It but, wasn't me, uh, the bigger boy made me do it. Uh, but then B, I forgot they'd have a Midlands accent. You should get that pitchfork out of his neck. Can't be comfy. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be comfy. It's around all over a handle of knife. So, he oh. didn't need to say this anyway, because no prints were found on the metal weapons anyway. Think what an idiot. Uh, oh, P.S., I touched those. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you think he was just showing off? Well, no, I, I think, like, either way, the Harry Beasley, uh, uh, Alfred Potter thing... They're not saying the same as each other. No. Beasley said, I never, I never said to Alfred to make sure he was dead. Right. Now, make sure someone's dead could either be, is he actually dead? Yeah, or finish him off. Finish him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> make sure he's dead. I mean, I think one's a pitchfork's in the neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah. Even with modern medicine, <laughs> yes, that's that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty well, yes, with modern medicine, something to contend with new modern pitchforks that we've got AI. Uh, <laughs> you also, this is when the Constitution protected pitchforks, they were much less sophisticated. Uh, apparently, he, he also said that he would pay Charles Walton more than he needed to. He mm-hmm. paid for hours that he hadn't worked, but that was disproved when they looked into his accounts. So mm-hmm. he was lying about uh, several things. So that's why he became the prime. Gotcha. But have we looked into the which? Oh yes, yes. That's yes. it. Could have been a minute dog. Magic dog. Was, was it? Was it Antenant? Antenna. <laughs> Could have been from, the ghost uh, of the witch. From 1875. Yeah. Coming back 70 years later. To for kill no again. Particular yeah. reason. Without a head and yeah. with a dog. Yeah. No, <laughs> with a black dog. Yeah. Could have been. Well. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is the witchcraft murder of Charles Walton, as chosen by our patrons. Right. Thanks, um, Patreons. And well done to me God. for remembering the dog. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right. That's such, such good recall. recall. I, mean, I think I, I know who did it. <laughs> he was the guy who went, oh, I might have touched it. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of when, or not that, not, and he did, not that he uh, went to jail for it, but O.J. Simpson, um, where they were like, well, we'll do a lie detector test uh, to check you didn't kill him. Um, and they're not admissible in court, lie detector tests, but they were like, we're going to do one anyway. And then he went, oh, by the way, I did have dreams about killing her. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, OJ, what a thing to admit. Will this affect the lie detector? So that's basically what that guy did. That's, yeah. I do, I do love, though, that then there were no prints found anyway, so, like... Yes! Yeah, that's yeah. a mistake. That is a, that is a big it's mistake. If this were Midsummer Murders... <laughs> if, like, let's say that he did make those mistakes, he still got away with it if he did. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah, so... Wow! Thank you so much, Alice. Yes. Thank you, this is Would you like to plug anything... Oh, well, you've already seamlessly mentioned my podcast and uh, my book, so uh, oh, yes. I've got a tour going on as well. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know if the tour will still be going on when this is edited, but if it is, come and see me on tour. Like next month? Yeah, I'll probably still be on tour. Okay, great. You can find him at... Uh, it's M-I-S-T-E-R-A-B-K on Twitter, which if Twitter still exists in a month's time... Yes, yeah. Yes, we... Um, if you, if you search like the, the interdimensional like ABK, yeah. it usually brings me... Um, you can always, you can always um, find Alistair on this podcast every week going forward. So. <laughs> <laughs> there never was a machine. Yeah. We used to do it with some other guy. Yeah. We call it, he's like the ex. <laughs> I want to be like Poochie. I want whenever I'm not on here. <laughs> you should be saying Poochie. Three days into the Doctor Who announcement coming out, I was like, I tweeted, I'm Poochie. Oh, um, thanks we'll everybody. Find us at all the things. Just look up Mystery on the Rocks, you'll find us. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.